What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to or watching as the case may be. Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, and I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about the only verse in the Bible that scares me. The only verse in the Bible that scares me. This came up last night in Bible class. And we're studying through the book of Acts. Uh-oh. Y'all? I'm lost. I did a reset on my computer and I updated everything. And now I can't find the ad from our sponsor. So, yeah. Let me, um, let me pivot here. Um, all right. I'll just wing it. All right. That's, we are still cogitators, John Exum. Good to see you, Terry Crooks. Um, so glad for all of you to be watching. Remember, be the algorithm for us. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Join the Christianity Now Facebook group um, that needs to hit some more members. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be posting some in there, but we want we want you all to post it. If um, if you share post from Christianity Now to your timeline, people will see that Christianity Now is a Facebook group, and they will go and they will they will become part of the group. Um, also, if you uh, go and you invite your friends to the group, then that will help as well. So Christianity Now Facebook group. And it's got the same logo as the Christianity Now Facebook page. Incidentally, we're, we're above 7,000 followers on the Facebook page, which is amazing to me. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got on that. God bless you. Thank you, Lucky Brown. Okay, let me, let me get in here to my captions. If you'll turn your attention to the bottom left, contact Dotson at gmail.com. Are you looking to spread the word about your next church event in style? Lindsay Dotson is your go-to designer for church-related advertisements that truly stand out. When it's time to invite members to your upcoming event or share the news of a special gathering, trust Lindsay Dotson to deliver vibrant flyers that capture attention and set the tone, memorable postcards that carry your heartfelt message, eye-catching social media graphics perfect for sharing across all platforms. With a keen understanding of the needs of the events of the Christian community, Lindsay crafts designs that not only look great, but also resonate deeply with your congregation. Get in touch with Lindsay Dyson today to elevate your church event promotions to the next level. Message her on Facebook or shoot her an email at lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. It's in the bottom third there on the screen. Share your church's special moments and announcements in the most visually stunning way with Lindsay Dotson's expert touch. Reach out now and let your event shine. And we're so thankful to have her as a sponsor. And uh, let's get into our podcast. Let me tell you the story. Usually, what we've been doing in the last couple of months, I've been reading an article. We've been looking at an article that I've written. Subscribe on Substack. It's totally free. We do offer 
paid content. And I would highly suggest you pay the $5 a month or $50 a year. Uh, you can, there's two options there to get access to behind the scenes and behind the paywall. But I would urge you to just get a free subscription because we release a free article every day, whether it's me doing it or Aaron doing it. And I may, I may impose upon my good relationships with other people to, um, to write some articles for us. Um, but the, today we're not going to do that. So let me tell you from last night, let me find this verse. Let me tell you from last night in the Bible class, Matthew 25, 24 is where I want to go. All right. Check this out. Then he, which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. Folks, let me tell you, if, um, if you're thinking that God is not described in this way, you probably don't know God. In the, in the parable of the talents, you have the four, the two, the one. Excuse me, the five. No, hold on a second. Hold on. Yeah, five, five, two, one. Sorry. The five talent man doubled his talents, so he made double the money. The four talent man, or the two talent man, doubled his talents to four. The one talent man buried his talent in the dirt. The message there is easy. Like it's, it's just, it's like Ned and the first reader easy. Are you able to do things? Then don't bury them in the dirt. Have you been given blessings by God? Then don't bury it in the dirt. Work. Don't let the fear of God stop you from doing work for God. I think about a, a, a tyrannical father in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul writes, fathers provoke, provoke not your children to wrath. What does that mean? Don't be so hard and difficult and demanding of your children that they freeze and they don't do anything or they full-blown rebel because they, can't, they think that they can't be good enough. I remember, a, uh, now I can't remember the show. It's a, it's a show about two men that, that was sentenced to prison, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, I believe. And there's a kid in the film called Can't Get Right. And this kid, Can't Get Right, was a baseball prodigy. But he was mute. He was a little awkward. But when he played baseball, he was something else. But I think about that, that nickname, Can't Get Right. God does not want to come across as a tyrannical father figure where he makes us feel like we can't get right. I go back to Ezekiel chapter 33, and I believe this is starting in verse 10, where God tells Ezekiel, look, you tell the children of Israel, thus you say, if our sins be upon us and we pine away in them, how shall we live? Well, that, that's the can't get right. They, they're like, well, look, Ezekiel, you're preaching at us, and we're, we've done all this wrong. How can we live? 
We can't do this. The burden is too much. Go look at all the times in the Old Testament when the prophecy came upon a prophet. The, the text describes it as the burden of the Lord. It is a burden. Make no mistake about it. Now, it's a burden that we can bear, but it is a burden. So God's response to people who are destitute, who are, who, who are disenfranchised and disheartened and think that they can't get right is, as I live, saith the Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his wicked ways and live. Turn you, turn you from your wicked ways or your evil ways and live, for why will you die, O house of Israel? So God is not a tyrannical father. If we feel like he's a tyrannical father and that we can't get right, then that's because of our own shortcomings. That's because of a problem we have with our perception. We need to change and we need to understand that God is that beneficent father who has set us up for success. Think about Ephesians chapter three, before the very foundation of the world, God set us up for success. He purposed in his mind to send his son to die on the cross for us. He set us up for success. The contingency plan was not for our failure, but for our success. And I think of Matthew chapter 25, that Satan and his angels are mentioned. So so the, 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 the sheep will go off into life everlasting and to their reward, the goats will go off into eternal damnation that was reserved and, and created for Satan and his angels. Hell had to be repurposed. There was no preemptive plan for the punishment of mankind. There was only a preemptive plan for mankind's reward. So even though I'm talking today about a Bible verse that's scares me. I want to let you know that the reason I'm able to function and act and work and not bury my talent in the dirt, even though I am convinced that God is a hard God, a hard deity, reaping where he has not sown and gathering where he has not strawed. God is that. God is just and his justice is unmerciful but his beneficent is merciful judgment rejoices against mercy or mercy rejoices against judgment somebody help me out with that verse in john in james all right i laid this foundation because i don't want anybody to get the wrong idea okay uh thank you so much for the comments john i may i may uh i may I may take you up on that. John says, I can write a few if needed. Uh, good morning. Uh, God give us five talent men. For some groups, the man who buried his talent is the hero. I don't think I understand how the man that buried the talent. I, I may have, I think I missed something there, Jason, but I appreciate the comment. I appreciate your being here. All right. So, in the book of Acts, all right, chapter eight. Remember, don't bury our talents in the dirt because God is a hard man, an austere man, and he reaps where he didn't sow and he gathers where he has not strawed. Acts chapter eight, listen to this. And Saul was consenting unto his death. 
that is, hello, Missy Malone. Good to see you. I'm doing well. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm doing really well. So Saul was consenting to the death of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout all the regions of, throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Well, this one phrase, and Saul was consenting to his death. Now, if you'll remember, Saul guarded the coats of Stephen, or guarded the coats of the men who threw stones at Stephen. But I put forth to you today that Saul was just as guilty of murder, the murder of Stephen, as if he were the one who threw the stone that caused the death blow. All right? Now, I promise you, I'm getting into revealing the verse that scares me. Sometimes I feel like it scares me to the point where I cannot act, but I, 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 I get out of the feeling part of my brain and get into the logic part of my brain, and I go to Scripture and I act anyway. In 2003, my city was hit with a hurricane. Lots of damage. A central church of Christ, Haines City, Florida, we unloaded three trucks of supplies from Churches of Christ Disaster Relief. Another Church of Christ nearby me took out a full-page ad in the newspaper explaining how they would not give out supplies to the community. As far as I can tell, this was the only newspaper ad they had ever placed. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, Saul was consenting to his death. I do not ever want it to be said of me, and Tony was consenting to his death. Or Tony was consenting to this man or woman's sin. Tony was consenting to denominationalism. Tony was consenting to all of these people spending an eternity in hell. What did Paul do to be described as consenting to his death? He simply stood by. He made it easier for the people who were committing the murder to commit the murder. This scares me to death, but this is not the verse in the Bible that scares me the most. Let's lick our fingers and turn right, and let's go to the book of Romans. Now, I want to read, a, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a selection from the book of Romans. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse 16, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that which, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory 
of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and the and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use of that which is against nature, or into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which is meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Well, that's a rough one. There's a line in a movie called A Knight's Tale, and one of the characters talked about how certain people were committing the oldest sins in the newest ways. I think about that when I read Romans chapter 1, verse 30. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Folks, that's the verse that scares me, all right? Sometimes, now you might say, well, Tony, when it comes to LGBTQAI two-spirit plus agenda, when it comes to the transgender movement, when it comes to the blatant fornication lifestyle, the hypersexualized fornicating lifestyle that people lead nowadays, the, the open rebellion that people live in nowadays. I don't take any pleasure in that. I'm not happy that it's happening. I get you. You're right. Neither am I. But sometimes, now listen closely, and I, I'm, I'm, I've stolen this phrase, I want you to lean in and listen. Sometimes the pleasure you take is not going through the trouble and hardship that speaking out will cause. The pleasure you take is approving of the action by your inaction. Sometimes the pleasure you take is consenting to the sin because you are standing idly by and getting out of the way and thus making it easier for people in your sphere of influence to commit those sins. That scares me. When I think about a verse like this and I read a verse like this, I understand why people have very, very strict scruples 
Scruples are matters of judgment. I was talking with a friend uh, the other day, and we were talking about how each household, the man of each house, needs to set a set of scruples for the household. Things that are not necessarily sinful, things that are not legislated by God, but things that our family just do not do. And there is nothing wrong with that. And in fact, there's everything right with it. Now, you cannot bind it on other people. And I'll give you a rather innocuous, benign example. I know some who will not go into a restaurant that serves alcohol because they feel like that would be sin because it would, it would hurt their influence amongst other things. And whenever I was in Northeast Arkansas, I went out to eat a time or two with this individual and it was just something we didn't talk about. There was no sense in talking about it. If we went out to eat, I knew of a, of a small handful of restaurants we could meet and eat lunch at in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Now you might ask, well, Tony, what's your point? I'll tell you what my point is. It's the utility of scruple. This man had this scruple. I don't know what his personal reasons were, but I can be empathetic and I can put myself in his shoes and I can be like, well, he, he wouldn't want to, uh, is the word tacit? Hold on a second. Let me see. T-A-C-I-T-L-Y. Yeah. Tacitly. In a way that is understood or implied without being directly said. Yeah. He did not want to tacitly put his stamp of approval on the sin of carousing or social drinking or anything associated with it. Okay. So I get that. He did not want it to be said of him. If I'm putting myself in his shoes and trying to figure out what would motivate him, he would not want to have it said of him. And John will say, consenting to their sin took idly, idly stood by and took pleasure in their sin. Therefore he was guilty of the same. Do you know what will never happen to you? There are two things that you will never, ever have to deal with. If you have the scruple of not going into a restaurant that serves alcohol. Now, I do not protect, I do not have that scruple. I will go in and eat, I will eat at a restaurant that serves alcohol. I'm only saying this because it's a rather, it's a rather benign, innocuous illustration that we can talk about and it won't make too many people angry. But there are two things you will never, ever have to deal with. If you never go into a restaurant that serves alcohol, you will never be faced with the temptation of drinking alcohol with your meal. All right. At a restaurant. So that's good. And you will never, ever be accused reasonably of going into a restaurant and drinking alcohol with your meal because you have a scruple against going in those establishments and you will not even have gone into one of those establishments. Never underestimate the utility of scruple. Scruple keeps us safe. These, these moral boundaries and ethical boundaries that we place upon our own lives through our convictions from Scripture, 
they protect us. They're not barriers that constrain and restrain. They're barriers that keep us within the boundaries of where we are safe. Sometimes a barrier isn't to keep you in. A barrier is to keep you safe. And I think about a guardrail at Niagara Falls. I think about the guardrail at the tiger enclosure at the Memphis Zoo. It's there to keep you safe. So, what do y'all think? Do, do, how, how, do, how does this cause you to change the way you act? I know that one of the scruples that I have is if someone comes in and starts discussing matters of salvation and how we are saved and the gospel, if they are teaching a false gospel, I cannot allow them to have the last word. I cannot allow them to leave that conversation thinking, well, we're just agreeing to disagree, and this person is a Christian, and I'm a Christian, and we're just going to heaven with different paths. There was a person on Substack, and in the comment section, I talked about this the other day. Uh, in the comment section, we were having this back and forth because he took issue with an article that I wrote about a, a grammatical exegesis of Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And he kept trying his best to graciously bow out of the argument, but he wouldn't bow out of the argument and say, look, you're wrong and I'm right. Or one of us is wrong and one of us is right or both of us is wrong. But he, he only wanted to bow out of the argument if he were allowed to be validated by what I said, which is, well, we're just doing the best we can and you can go to heaven teaching and believing what you say and I can go to heaven teaching and believing what I say and I wouldn't let him do it. And he got a little perturbed, and you can tell. But the reason that I was driven, because you know, I, I, th th this didn't happen, but it has happened in the past, where my wife is like, why do you keep commenting? No good is going to come from this. And my response is, yes, good will come from this, because I can stand on before my maker on the day of judgment, and I can say, I have done what I could. I didn't bury the talent. I didn't, I didn't place my stamp of approval in a tacit fashion by simply not having a confrontation. Now that is a, that's a scruple that I have, but that verse that equates taking pleasure in some sin with guilt of sin coupled with Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it scares me. But I know that I serve a Savior who is the embodiment of grace. And it is because my Savior is the embodiment of grace that I actually have room to function and I understand that although God Almighty, my Father, is a hard and austere man, sowing, reaping where he has not sowed, and gathering where he has not strawed, 
I know that I can still function even if I don't get it perfectly because of my loving and beneficent father who sent the grace of God, who sent his only begotten son. And you, those of you that listen to me for a long time, you know the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Titus 2, 11 and following. Because of that, I can act. Because of that, even though that verse scares me, I am not scared to the point of inaction or rebellion. Yes, I am live. I am live. And and I went live norm at my normal time today. Eating in a restaurant that serves alcohol helps support the owner who is selling the alcohol to others. Yeah, Mary, that would be one reason why not to do it. Like I said, that's a matter of judgment. You can't bind that on other people, but that, that would be a reason not to do it. All right. Guys, I, I think that's all the material I have for today. Wasn't a very long podcast. And I hate that. I hope, I hope this Facebook user doesn't get a comp. Oh, hold on a second. I tell you what I can do for those of you that are still with me. Let me go to my captions here. And let me put, nope, hold on. Yeah. Let me put this up. So if you like the podcast and you like Substack, if you like all this stuff that we do, you can support us monetarily. You can send us a, a, a monetary donation at www.nearchurchesatgmail.com. That's our PayPal. Or in, um, after the fact, in the show notes, there will be a link to buy me a coffee or Patreon. Also. You can become a $5 a month subscriber on Substack, and we would love to have you. Now, that's all I've got. Folks, be sure and check out Christianity Now Facebook group. Uh, we need to grow that, and it'll, it'll be slow going. But once it, once it gets a little bit bigger, hits a little bit more critical mass, I believe the, the traffic will, it, it is snowball, okay? And uh, yeah, be sure and go to, um, Christianity Now Facebook page, uh, the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Subscribe on Rumble, and you might like that. Scott Beck, thank you so much for your comment. Let me get back to uh, let me get back to the chat. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for your comment, Scott. And yeah, so that's it. Just remember, it was said of Saul that he consented to the death of Stephen. And consenting to that death, according to the last verse of Romans chapter 1, means that he was culpable and he was guilty of that murder just as if, and it's the way I read it, tell me if I'm wrong, but he was just as guilty as if he had thrown the stone that ended the life of Stephen. So that makes me double down and make sure that my little old one talent that I've been given I don't bear it in the dirt. I stand before my God on the day of judgment and I say, I did not stand idly by. Every time I had an opportunity, I tried my best to keep people out of hell because I never want it to be said of me. And Tony, consenting to their damnation, 
took pleasure in the sin they were committing by his inertia and apathy. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Brew with Cogitations. Please subscribe to our podcast at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. And whatever you do, don't let apathy and inertia cause you to tacitly put your stamp of approval on this old wicked earth because it won't go good for us in the last day. Thank you so much. Again, this has been Tony Brew with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.